This is the Double Blue Podcast on TSN 1050, the home of Argos football. And welcome to episode 20, the playoff edition of the Double Blue Podcast. Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson with you. Uh, Cassius Vaughn will join us a little, sorry, all-star Cassius Vaughn will join us a little bit later on in the program. But uh, this is the playoff edition. Are you ready? Do you have the play? You don't have a playoff beard going yet. You know what I did uh, over the last week and a half? Not shave. I well, you didn't shave. I just got uh, crucified by the women in my house. My daughter, my wife. Because... They did not like the facial hair. Oh, you were, you were going to do that? <laughs> oh, wow. But I had it. It was all over the face. Kind of got the hoagie look going a bit. Can you grow a beard? I can grow a beard. It takes a while to catch yeah. up. There's a, there's, there's a couple patches, but it's pretty good. But they weren't they weren't happy about this. No, no daughters. No, no, no mom. No, and, uh, and it was killing me every day to just you know my daughters look at daddy. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> she wouldn't come near me. So I'm like, oh, oh. I got to get rid of this. You know, when the, kid, when the kids are bad, that's not a bad thing. You no. can say, I'll grow a beard again. That'll work. Um, playoffs for you as a player, how is it different? Or was it? From a uh, day-to-day perspective, no, it's not different. But obviously, it's playoffs. It's, it's exciting. This is, this is uh, you know, you're, you're, you're getting step-by-step, inch-by-inch closer to the big game. Mm-hmm. Right? And... Uh, it's this time of year. It's getting colder. Um, there just was, you know, something in the air about playoff football makes it very special, mm-hmm. right? There seems to be uh, more buzz, uh, you know, with fans. Everybody's kind of get a geek, you know, a little bit geeked up a bit, and it, it's just it, it. It's a special feeling inside. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it, the Argos are in an amazing position. They're hosting Eastern Final. This is playoff football. Um, I've been thinking about it every single day. And uh, almost, you know, drive by a football field and I want to get out there and run down it. <laughs> uh, we, we talked at the beginning of the playoffs where uh, I was of the mindset that it didn't matter who was playing whom in the playoffs at any point, whether it be week one, two or three. Um, I didn't see a prohibitive favorite in any one of those matchups. Didn't matter. You could put six names in a hat, draw out two. They're the buys, draw out the next sure. year at home. Because I thought this le- this year the league at the top end was pretty close because Calgary seems to have come back to the pack. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, whether they peaked in October or September or whatever, they're not playing as well, certainly as they were earlier in the season. Um, what feeling do you get? Do you get a strong feeling about this game one way or the other? I do. I do. I, I get, uh, I, I feel like the Argos have, uh, I mean, Saskatchewan's got a great thing going on too. Yep. Right? They've got, they're building momentum. Yep. So to be honest, this is going to be an awesome clash. It's it like should be. two teams. The momentum is both ramping up on both of the, both sides. Uh, Saskatchewan has the benefit of momentum, I think, with the last game, you know, gathering that. The Argos have the benefit of having a week off to rest, mm-hmm. right? And coming into and the And coming game, off that Vancouver game. And coming off that Vancouver game and, you know, being maybe to be a little bit more fresh. So that, that can be huge. Maybe a little more prep time, a little more rest time. Um, but uh, I'm feeling like the, the, this is going to be the Argos' victory. We can get into scores afterwards. Yeah, we'll do the second But I half. think the Argos are going to come out on top. I think it's going to be... Uh, a pretty wicked battle. Um, we can talk into particulars maybe later on, but I think there's going to be some running on both sides of the ball, and I think that's going to be pretty awesome. Well, the, the, the weather forecast as we do this calls for only like a 10 or 15% chance of precipitation, which is good. Yeah. Um, temperature above freezing, which is good. But the wind, 
looks like it could play a fairly significant uh, factor in this. I wrote about this and earlier. Which way is it going to be going? Yeah, for for it doesn't say. That's the thing. No. It, it doesn't say uh, in the forecast. So um, either way, you know, special teams, and that was an area of your expertise uh, for an article on Argonauts.ca. I focused in on special teams earlier in the week, and on Wednesday it was interesting watching uh, Coach Iben put his guys through different scenarios. Scenarios with the wind and they worked on the onside kicks and all of the onside stuff you could do and just awareness of 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 what could happen and talking i talked to Liram, i talked to martise and and talked to the guys who are going to be potentially uh most affected by this it's uh i love games watching games when weather is a factor yes whether it's rain whether it's snow whether it's cold whether it's uh, whether it's wind how did you like playing in a wind game and what made that different from say a rain game or a snow game uh well wind games were interesting because you really had to consider um the possibilities of what's going to happen in the kick game right mm-hmm. so if you obviously the wind's behind you uh and you're punting the ball there's always the risk that the kicker is going to outkick the coverage Right. So now and and, and, you know, for those of us listening, so they understand that the returner catches the ball. Mm -hmm. And if the cover team is 40 yards away, Mm -hmm. how much time is that for the returner to get started on his return? If the punt is 55 yards away and the cover team's not there, he gets another few yards to. Right. Sort of where ideally you're you're 10 yards, you're within 10 and often you're at five. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, um, so those are things to consider when you're kicking into the wind. It's a whole nother ball game. Uh, You know, there's the the onside factor. If you're the kicking team, if you're the other side, is there a guy on side that you have to pay attention to? What's the kicker doing? Right. Um, The kicker's on side when he punts. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have somebody. Likely one of your veterans, a guy like Matt Black, assigned to the kicker. Sure. You know, normally you were not going to block the kicker because, okay, he's not going to make the play unless it's, you know, the last guy, last line of defense, returner has a good return, kicker's there to make the play. But when you're kicking into the wind, now after the kicker hits that ball, he's expecting maybe his average is 40, maybe it's going to go 20, maybe it might even go less, maybe it yeah. might come back. And that puts the kicker in play to recover that football, so you got to factor that guy in. The, the other thing that I, I like, and, and you can look at things now with a different eye than you could at the time. In retrospect, one of the best things that I think could have happened to the Argos was to allow that onside kick against Edmonton a couple of weeks, a couple of games ago. Yeah. Um, because they've seen that. They've looked at that. And now they're aware of that. It's not like they're, gonna, they're not going to be peeling away early. And I would think on a, on a windy day, you're not going to be doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, just there are different factors. Do you keep your hands team out what, like, sure. when, when you've got the wind behind you, knowing that you're probably going to get good field position anyways? Do you have all of those pockets covered? Right, those little pooch kicks, uh, yeah. thirty-five yards downfield, kick it away from the returners. Um, is there? There are a million things. There are a million things, and let me tell you something about uh, special teams. Is all season long, the coach will be working on a couple little nuances, a couple little tricks. Sure. Every week, mm-hmm. right off to the side after practice, <laughs> maybe a little punt fake. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about any particular. I'm talking about all the teams are doing this. Um, they likely haven't pulled the trigger. So maybe they have. Maybe a team has. And if they have done that, then a team need, you know, going in preparation needs to prepare for that. But if they haven't pulled the trigger on it, um, then it's always in their back pocket. And in playoff football, 
considering all the different moving parts, all of the elements, um, the impact that momentum has in any football game. But in playoff football, momentum it can often be the difference maker. Sure. And those little trick plays can uh, you know often come out in playoff football. And, and that, that's what gets me really excited about playoff football, too, is all the little things that can happen that we're not ready for. It, it's funny. And, and, and I'm not going to mean any disrespect because I love Chris Jones. Sure. I'm not going to mean it. This might come out like it's a diss, but it's not supposed to be by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I asked Coach Tressman earlier this week about wind conditions and if it takes you out of your comfort zone and, and maybe it, it forces you to do things that you don't want to do. And he started getting into t- talking about special teams in bad weather and how cerebral you have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, you know, it's the, the Canadian Football League in bad weather particularly is a thinking man's game. Mm-hmm. And if we were to categorize the two head coaches, and again, this is not meant as, as a diss at all to Chris Jones, you think of Mark Tressman as being that professorial type. Yep. And you think of Chris Jones who, while he's brilliant defensively, you think sure. of, I think of Chris Jones as being a guy that sometimes makes play calls on emotion rather than, you know, doing what the book would say. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and that works for Chris Jones. And I, like I say, I'm not meaning that as a knock at all. Um, but I, I, I feel that these two guys are two, two very successful coaches who approach the game differently. If that makes any sense, yeah, at all. no, it, it does make sense to me, and I, I completely. And you hear, played for like you played yeah, with, with coach, so you know what. You know well, where I'm going with that. from the outside, I think it appears more like that than what it actually is. Okay, right? I think um, face value. I think it appears that they're somewhat opposite a little bit mm-hmm. in, the, in that, like kind of on the front. But I think on the back side, I, I really think. Uh, Chris is a comprehensive guy. I, I oh, really absolutely. Think, you know, absolutely. He, he, he does factor I didn't in. mean that he wasn't. No, no, That's no. I, I just mean, I mean like, uh, you know, he's thinking about uh, all of the little nuances. Uh, he gets emotional. Yes. Um, yeah. But I, I think he also... Um, still makes good decisions you know i think based on that emotion you sure. know what i mean um he is very well prepared mm-hmm. right no and uh, you know and 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 because of that his preparation sometimes i think he might lean on the prep it's you know uh when he gets more emotional mm-hmm. it's like wait a minute you know you get emotional hang on a second let me go back to my drawing board whereas maybe mark might not have to check his notes as often because he's able to keep men you know kind of mm-hmm. dialed in and uh, maybe the emotions are at bay so he, he doesn't have to go back to his notes whereas i think Chris, you know, he has his resources there. Yeah. He's got good people around him on either side. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's no question he gets a little more fired up in a football game. And sure. uh, I don't know if we saw that clip with the media got at the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get that camera. Yeah, it was, beep. Yeah, it was, there was reason for the beep. Um, and it was interesting because, I, you know, we, we get this, this perception of Mark Tressman as being a conservative Guy, and we've talked about it, some of the decisions that he's made going for it on third and three or four at times this year. Yeah, when it went against the buck, easy chip shot field goal. Well, it's third and three, they're going to go for it, which just doesn't compute to what we're used to. Mark Tressman, sure. And I asked Kevin Iben about this, the special teams coordinator, who you know is is kind of I don't want to say a protege of Mike O'Shea, but you know they kind of came up together, they played together for a long time, and I think of Mike O'Shea as being the dean of special teams coaches mm-hmm. and being that guy. Um, like Reinbold was like this in Hamilton as well. Who thinks outside the box? Yes. And when Mike O'Shea is the head coach, unlike when he was the special teams coordinator with Milanovic here. Milanovic being so conservative, O'Shea didn't get to do half of the stuff that you guys no. had prepared. No. 
and I asked Ivan about that, and he said Mark's not as conservative as as you'd like to believe. Okay. So like I'm just I'm 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 curious to see which coach tries things that are against the norm because of the wind conditions on special teams mm-hmm. more than the other coach will because it, this becomes a real chess match, and I know that fans are they care about the offense or they'll cheer for the defense, but the special teams and field position in what should be a close game might be the most important you know fifteen second stretches at any given time in the game. No, I, I agree with you, Hogue. I think, uh, you know, you think of the different situations um, in the game that special teams can make an impact, right? And mm-hmm. how much yardage can be gained or lost on a special teams play. And then you factor in all of the little nuances with uh, the conditions and, and things that could happen. Um, yeah, I think special teams can be a real, uh, you know, uh, impact on this football game. You know, thinking back to Scott's style, and, you know, he was very much... You know, because they had a we the Argos had a quarterback like Ricky Ray, and the offense was moving the ball. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a need to really try and push the envelope on special teams. This and that was kind position. of that's right. It was about yeah. field position. He's like, listen, if our offense is clicking, and with Ricky, it usually is. Um, there wasn't a need to to try and do something on special teams. So mm-hmm. let's keep that stuff, uh, you know, in the back pocket, and we'll do it when we need to. And I think you know, Mark probably has a similar type philosophy, but mm-hmm. in a game like this where uh, there's no guarantees. You don't. You know, I mean, listen. Saskatchewan is a very good football team. They're going to sure, have. Absolutely. They got an awesome defense. They're going to be throwing. You know, the kitchen sink at the Argos. Uh, there's going to be times that the offense is not clicking on all cylinders, and maybe that is the time. You know that, that something does happen on special teams, or maybe the Argos are down a little bit and they need a bit of a kickstart. Then maybe that's the time you go to that special teams play to grab some momentum when you've been struggling trying to get it other ways, but you use special teams to get it. Um, how much do you hate the Riders this week? How much do I hate the Riders? How much do you hate the Riders this week? Is this a friendly gathering on Sunday afternoon, or are you are you just not allowing anything green in the house this week? Uh, watermelon <laughs> has been banned. Uh, Pilsner will be found nowhere near your house. Well, uh, in every other circumstance other than mine currently, mm-hmm. I would very much dislike the Rough Riders. The problem is... That my family is very close with the Owens family. Yes. And my kids very much like un- Uncle Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So even though they are they are behind the Argos 100%, um, you know, I, I can't, uh, when their kids are over, you know, I've, I've, I've got to be, you know, yeah. approached the proper way. And, you, and obviously, I'm, I'm supportive of Chad, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it is about the double blue this Sunday. So in a perfect world... 38-21 Argos, Owens gets three touchdowns. You're okay with that? I'm, I'm, I'm happy that's, with that. That's a perfect game in the Johnson yeah. household. Yeah, you got okay. it. Got you got it. it. A couple of spectacular catches. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll scoot away <laughs> for a couple of seconds. Uh, Cassius Vaughn will sit in that chair where JJ is, and he'll sit back and listen, and then we'll come back, and we will break down sort of an X's and O's uh, look at what might happen on Sunday when the Riders are at BMO Field, 1 o'clock, Few tickets available. They've been moving fast all week long, so uh, still an opportunity to get down to the game. But uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock, the tailgate, by the way, 9 o'clock. And yes, beer, coolers, and Caesars. Breakfast Woo. of championship, uh, champions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, we'll continue with the uh, with the Double Blue Podcast as we get ready for uh, the playoff game and uh, an opportunity to meet and greet Cassius Vaughn next on the Double Blue Podcast. Now, more of the Double Blue Podcast. And welcome back to the Double Blue Podcast. Jeff Johnson steps out of the room. Mike Hogan back with Cassius Vaughn, the All-Star. How's that sound? 
It sounds good. I bet it sounds good. It sounds good. And well-deserved. How, how do you find out? Like, did, did Coach call you in before practice when it was announced, or did it, did it kind of leak out through social media? Uh, be honest with you, I found out, like, the day, like, a day, uh, just a random day. But, um, I mean, like I said before in the interview, like, I knew I was going to be an all-star. Mm-hmm. How did you a, know? Like, you hope. But how did you know? Like, what was it the, the, about the situation that made you so confident? My 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 consistency, mm-hmm. my um, my my um, my uh, just level of just the level of play that I was kind of trying to challenge myself to do every weekend with my teammates. Because I mean, like we was just talking before, like it's so many players on this team and. Marcus Ball, uh, you know, you got um, got Bear, you got, you know, I got JG back there, Johnny, AK, like all these, like Lemmy and Vic, like we got so many players, like we all like compete against each other, mm-hmm. and like just competing to be to be the best version of yourself has been a major major key for me. It's been a it's been a lifesaver for me, and just the CFL game period has been a. It's been a blessing because I understand it now. Last year I didn't understand it, so I wasn't really fond of it. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a really, really good chance to showcase my talent or develop how I wanted to. And um, this, this year being an All Star was, like I said, I knew it because I was just confident. I was, I was ready for the moment. I was mentally prepared for anything that I had to do, and, and I was willing to do anything to make sure that that came true. What what changed? Because last year you'd show flashes, but you mentioned the, the mm-hmm. consistency wasn't there. Mm-hmm. At what point this year did you st- finally start to say, "Okay, I get this. I now I'm comfortable with it with with playing in Canada." Um, I, I, well, off season wise, I, I mentally got myself together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a lot of different different changes. Oh, oh different changes or foundational changes that are, that need to be solidified in my life off the field and and I found it and I found that knowledge and I found it um the understanding in life that I wanted. And um coming back and me coming back was really just because Hamilton released me. Yeah. And when they released me, I was like, okay. I wanted to I wanted to beat them. Yeah. I wanted to beat them. Did you did any part of you Think that it might be over, because you've gone through the ringer in the um, NFL toward the end, honestly, and then you come up to Canada. Well, no, because I had I had I had chances to go go back and talk to teams and things like that. I just I didn't want to. I didn't. Um, my my heart went in the NFL because it's so political. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my, my um, the freedom and the the um, the diversity of the CFL really get well, really prone me to come back and like and I wanted to prove I wanted to prove to any and everybody, well, I ain't going to say any and everybody. I wanted to prove to myself that I can be an all-star because I knew I was an all-star. Even from my play in the league, I knew I I was more, I was well worth more than what I what was shown at that time. You're, you're very business-like in your approach to the sport uh, on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, is football fun again for you now? Football is super fun again. Yeah. Um, being around the right people. And I think for me, well, I know for me, honestly, Having Trisman, having Trisman as a, as the type of coach he is, how peaceful he is, and the type of understanding he has. And uh, my biggest thing was Corey Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. He was um, that man right there. He told me so much in this time, and he really opened my CFL eye mentally. He really um, put me in a situation and put me in spots where you gotta you gotta be who I think you are. 
So how much, how much, like, Corey basically led the same kind of career you did, right? He's in the NFL, he's a DB, mm-hmm. he went through that whole ringer over right. to Europe and the whole thing. Like, how much does that help? The fact that he's gone through, he's lived what and you're living that's, now. That's the thing. It helps so much because he has, he has the knowledge of the game yeah. that I needed. He had the, um, he had already experienced it. And that's what knowledge is. He experienced it. So me coming and me being, uh, being that guy, I feel like he could see, he could see a little something in me, you know, just to, cause he, he's a teacher. He's not just one of them, one of them coaches that say, Hey, do it like this. No, he explains it. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very detailed and very, like, He's very adamant about doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him. And I love the consistency and like the consistency as him as a coach, but him as a man and the staff as, as, as men have been phenomenal and helped me grow on a lot because being yourself is a very, very much, very, very part of a lot about being a football player. People think, hey, look, you're a football player. Just go play football. No, we men. <laughs> we got families. We have things yeah. to do. We have, like, you know, I know when you see us for three hours, yeah, this is all you want. This is all we thinking about. But these are the things that we do. These are not the people who we are. And the coaching staff here and the staff here from top to bottom understanding. And it's, it's, been, lo- it's been so much loving for me. Who taught you the most about balancing real life and football? And making sure that when you get away from the facility, you can be Cassius again. Uh, I had to find it. Yeah, I had to find it, um, and um, I had to find it in a, in a real in a in a dark place in my life at a, in a part of my career. But I found it, and um, you know, um, I I think I found my uh, my why factor within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I you know a couple of times you hear me say I look a lot within than I do without. Um, I think personally on a on a just a more mental level, spiritual level, I am um I am I know who I am as a person, I know who I am as a man, and I know where I, I stand on the food chain in certain in, in every in every area that I go into and I understand it. And um I would never let that get downplayed and get any type of confusion with it. I understand when to do something, when not to and um and I and I, I'm just happy that I understand that blessing, you know. The fact that you found that blessing and you've, you're having fun playing football yes. again, and you're comfortable with you off the field as well. How much do you think that combination led to your success off? Well, it's a is a is a direct correlation. Yeah. Because um, you can't be a football player and, and things going crazy yeah. at home. You know, you can't even do that in a real job. Yeah. You know, you can't even do that at a nine to five. You go crazy if you leave the lights on or the stove on. Forget the, yeah. like, we can't do that. <laughs> you know, so it's um, it's one of them things where this year, like, not only was my mindset a, a great thing, but the environment that I that that I was growing in has been it's been good soil here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you anybody that deals with if you know anything about farming, you got to have good soil to plant any type of food and um. I was already, I was that seed that, hey, look, I was ready to grow and I was ready to bloom. And, and they and they, and they helped me fertilize. They helped me manifest it in a lot of ways, the whole organization. It's funny because, you, like, you're not the first guy to say that. Like, when, when Lemon came here last year, you know, he had the rep because he moved around to so many teams, mm-hmm. so many leagues. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, he's settled. He's happy here. And he just said, I like the city. Like, this, this, this means a lot to me. And I, mm-hmm. I found finally the right atmosphere for me. And it sounds like you followed the same road. I found, uh, like... The city, I uh, love Toronto. Haven't really just been in Toronto. Yeah. I might need some people to take me around, but um, <laughs> the like I said, it's for me. It's the people. Yeah. It's not the the city. Yeah, it's cool, but it's the people that I'm gonna have to deal with every day that matter. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like having to deal with 
the coaches and players and like those are real relationships those are real like these are real life moments that you have in, in football that everybody don't get to see but it's real like you know we get mad at each other but sure. but we work it out we get it it's all a, it's a team effort and like the thing is like I love the team because there's so many guys that care more about is we got a lot of stars on the team mm-hmm. and when you have a lot of stars egos can get in the way and we never let egos get in the way. Everybody was able to shine their light in the right way. Except for Ricky Ray. His ego's out of control. You know, Ray is out of control, Rick. Bring it back in, Rick. Bring it back in. Um, Cassius. True, you're named after the champ? After the champ, yes. Yeah. Tell me the story about why uh, why Cassius. Uh, my my grandfather, um, Chester Vaughn, uh, out of Gary, Indiana, he was a Golden Glove boxer. And um, my grandmother at the time, she was pregnant with my father while he was in the Golden Glove stage. And for Muhammad Ali, I don't want to call it disrespect him, call it Cassius yeah. Clay again, but Muhammad Ali at the time, um, known as Cassius Clay at the time, my yeah. f- grandfather was going to fight him. And uh, my grandma didn't think that was a great idea. <laughs> uh, she wanted him there. For the for the birth of my dad and he uh and he was he definitely wasn't um he wasn't he wasn't mad about it and he and had so much respect for the man not because of his boxing career but what he was going yeah. to as as a as an activist as a as a just a, as a black man period in America at that time sure what he was standing for and what he was going towards was a big thing for him he named my father after him and my father named me after him and I named my son after me okay let's go through the checklist fun with the game check <laughs> tick uh, all star check tick beat Hamilton twice tick. check playoffs check mm-hmm. um, but the checklist isn't done yet it's a finishing point you got two more checks mm-hmm. to go through um, we got what, one more before you can get to the other understood one. okay let's talk about uh, Sunday then mm-hmm. what do you have to do specifically to get that check mark do your job mm-hmm Simple as that. Be 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 who you say you are at the, at the right moment. Live in the moment and don't don't run from the moment. Don't be nervous about the moment. Live in it and go play football. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what title they put on the game, it's still the game. It, it it's amazing, and you know what it's like because you you've been around football a long time. Uh, it's amazing to me that this team is as healthy as it is at the stage of the season. Usually goes in the other direction, right? You, you, you come to the end of the season, guys are nicked up, and guys are obviously nicked up. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the personnel right now, um, on defense, Marcus is not 100%. Um, we're all hopeful he's going to go. He's been practicing all week. But you look at that roster now, that's a pretty impressive group you got on the field because you haven't been together all year. Right. I mean, that's a testament to the staff. That's, tr- that's Coach Trishman and the coaching staff putting us in the – giving us the right type of res, putting us in the right type of situations. And, man, just really just – Making it, making it a good environment. Like I said, that's that soil that I'm talking about. That's that watering of the plant. Like everybody grows different. Everybody grows different, and these coaches have been able to to touch people in more than just football ways. Like men, we we better men now than we were when we stepped on his foot in, in May. Mm-hmm. Every man in here, and there's no, and I know that it's not none that I think. That's what I know. So you got to understand the culture here is different than what it was before. It's funny every team preaches family. It sounds like this is more than just preaching. This, well, is, this is actually that's the thing. Like you can like it's a difference between preaching and actually living. Some we yeah. all talk about a lot of things, but what are you living? What are you showing? Mm-hmm. Your actions are the only thing that really matter. Because at the end of the day, you can say a lot of things, but what you showing me? Mm-hmm. How you, what you showing me? You say you love me, but how much you really love me? Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you say if you say that I'm gonna be in this gap, then show me you're gonna be in that gap. If you show me that, hey, look, you said you're going to make this play. Well, go make that play for me. It don't matter what you're talking about. It matter about what you're doing. 
There you go. Well, go get them on, uh, on Sunday. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for Thank this. You. And, uh, and, and best luck on Sunday. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. That's Cash's fault. We'll come back. Jeff Johnson and I will break down what's going to happen, hopefully, from an Argo <laughs> perspective. Hey, go Argos. There you go. That's Cash's fault. This is the Double Blue Podcast. Now, more of the Double Blue Podcast. Yay. Okay. And welcome back to the Double Blue Podcast. Jeff Johnson has now replaced Cassius Vaughn in that chair. Uh, a very, very interesting conversation with an interesting dude. Um, at what point in your career, or did you ever stop looking at it as a game and start looking at it as a business? Because the fact that he was looking at football as a business when he was in high school mm-hmm. astonishes me. Interesting. Yeah. So all the different moving parts? Yeah, just a, a bit like, you know, here's a guy who was... A guy who flirted with 2,000 yards as a running back in yeah. high school was yeah. was was looked at by all of the major schools. Uh, Tennessee wanted him as a wide receiver. Most wanted him as a, a running back. And he said, no, um, if I'm going to make more money in the NFL, it's going to be as a cornerback. Longer mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Uh, cornerbacks make more than running backs. If you're an elite cornerback, this is the way I want to go. Mm-hmm. And initially... Um, for those uh, who may have missed this, initially um, said to LSU in grade 10 that I'm going to commit <laughs> to LSU and then changed his mind and went to Ole Miss. Yes. But when you're good enough to be recruited in grade 10, wow, he's thinking about football as a business Unreal. at that stage when he makes the, the switch to go and play defense at the next level. Well, he obviously had some support around him that, oh, yeah. that opened he, his eyes to that. He credited and that's, Cassius Senior. And, yeah, so. yeah. That's a great but did you, uh, but did you, did you, around him. How much of it for you, did you hate the business angle? No, I didn't. It was important to understand that yeah. right? because I, I think that in large part contributed to uh, my longevity mm-hmm. was understanding that. Sure. Right. And, um, you know, I understood early on that, uh, hey, yeah, JJ, you want to be a tailback. But, you know what, if you want to play football and you want to, you know, have some fun and do something that many other people would like to do. Fullback specials. Um, then you need to be able to do a bunch of other things. Yeah. Right. And uh, I learned that early on. And I said, you know what, this is a great opportunity. You get one chance at this and I want to be a part of this. Did you come to that on your own or was that talking with other players, coaches, your family? It was a couple experience with some veterans. Maybe a guy yell at you here and there after you make a mistake. And yeah. then it was just kind of like, whoa, look in the mirror. What am I doing? How do I want to be a part of this? Yes, I do. It was my own kind of, I think, uh, realization, along with just kind of eyes open observing ears open listening mm-hmm. and uh seeing who who was around for a while and what they did and why they made it and uh the guys that were in and out of the of the locker room like a revolving door just didn't seem to get it so mm-hmm. um yeah no I, I saw that early on and and i tried to uh just kind of immerse myself in the game of football and and learn all of the different nuances about it and and um and, and embrace the game and, and become uh, that utility guy which is what adam rita used to refer to me as <laughs> if you wear it well you could be a swiss army knife yeah. and every team needs one or two of those guys um sunday one o'clock tailgate at nine o'clock saskatchewan or friday to take on the Argos. You can see the game on TSN. You can listen to the game on TSN 1050. Or, better yet, you can make the game at BMO and help add to the home field advantage for Toronto. We know there's going to be a lot of green there uh, in the stands because the Ryder fans uh, travel well. But there are going to be a lot of people wearing blue at that game as well, which is going to be uh, a really fun 
environment to be in. But let's 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 take the environment out of this. We've talked about that. Everybody's talking about uh, that. So let's get into the game itself. Now mm-hmm. uh, let's break this down and let's start when the Argonauts have the football. Mm-hmm. They're on O. Saskatchewan's on D. What's the key from the Toronto perspective, and and who do you look at as maybe being the players to watch most closely? Well, Hoagie, there's a lot of different things to consider here, right? I mean, we we know the kind of season that Ricky has had. Uh, we know what uh, the Argos can do in the rushing game now, mm-hmm. um, you know. But when we look at the individual matchups right away, let's look at SJ Green. Right, mm-hmm. SJ is going to be squaring off against arguably one of the best halfbacks in the in the CFL, Ed mm-hmm. Gainey. Right, Gainey had, had a ridiculous what year. A ridiculous year. What do you? I think he finished with ten, yeah. maybe eleven interceptions, yeah. and that's double what number two had. Mm-hmm. Right, who was at five? Yeah, uh, Cash is Vaughn. Right, right. Yeah, there you go. So Cash is yeah. Vaughn, and so with that, um, what do we know about SJ Green? He's not the fastest guy in the, on the field. Mm-hmm. Right, that's fine, um, but he's incredibly savvy. He's a veteran. He's, he's not got slow. amazing hands. No, 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 no. He's yeah. not slow. I'm that's not saying a, he's yeah. slow, but he's not the fastest guy. So mm-hmm. he's not going to beat Ed, uh, Ed Gainey by sure. breakaway speed. Mm-hmm. He's going to break uh, beat him by nuances by studying his technique. And they would know and, each other from Montreal, a hundred percent. And 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 taking his routes in a very uh, thorough, diligent manner in terms of getting to landmarks, really pressing Gainey specific directions, and and trying to create separation, um, but being very technical in his route running and and not cutting a corner anytime because if he cuts a corner one time that's an interception mm-hmm. right um so i like that matchup and i think that is one that could be really exciting for fans to watch just seeing two mm-hmm. of the best in the game going head to head who's got the advantage there <clears throat> well i'm gonna go sj green i think ed gainey is is great I, I think he's really had a bit of a breakout year this year mm-hmm. um but sj green is sj and uh you know he's 32 years old he's been around a long time he's been against he's gaining gone against the best for a long time and, uh, you know, he's going to find some of those weaknesses. So I'm going. But this, you know, in, in a game like this, if the wind does become problematic and, and, and it's not just moving the ball into the wind, because if you're throwing with the wind, uh, the ball can sail on you. Sure. And you've got two quarterbacks who if if, you know, the riders finish with Kevin Glenn, you've got guys who have played on the prairies, they've played out west. They know all about throwing into the wind and yeah. throwing with the wind uh, as well. Uh, so I think that, you know, from a from a mental standpoint that's that's uh, there's nothing neither these guys have seen everything Mm -hmm. is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but when i look at the uh, the key matchup if the weather is bad it's the guys on the inside it's not the wide outs sure it's going to be those guys on the inside and the one thing that has struck me about armani edwards this year who's a former rider and would probably like nothing more to beat his former club um when i saw him for the first time here you look at the body type and you think, okay, he's a guy who's going to run deep routes. Um, what has impressed me about a guy that slight is how tough he is and how he makes those tough catches over the middle. And he may not have SJ Green hands, but he's made a couple of catches, more than a couple of catches this year, where you go, wow, I didn't think he'd make that catch yeah. just because of the body type. Sure. And those are the kind of guys. It's going to be Declan Cross. It's going to be uh, Coombs. Coombs. Like it's going to be those kind of guys on the short stuff. And if you're expecting a bombs away game on Sunday, I, don't, I, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. No, I don't disappointed. think you're going to get that at all, Hogan. That's where actually where I was going to go next mm-hmm. is is the short game. And I think Armani is going to be a big component uh, of the game. Um, he's going to be matched up against Butler, who's a very good halfback on the other side. Yes. However, um, I like Armani when you get the ball into his hands early. Right. Mm-hmm. He's uh, again, you know, on those drag re- patterns, the quick slants. 
yeah. um, which uh, you know is, is a good component for the Argos offense, and they'll have to do that because Absolutely. Saskatchewan is going to bring some pressure. They're going to bring you know the uh, the the extra guy on occasion. They're going to bring the corner off the edge. We don't know, but again, but they're going to do a bunch of different things. We that, we know that, and we know that that's what Jones does. That's right. Ricky's practiced against you. He was you know he saw Jones for defenses every day. Yes. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean he's seen it before because Jones is an evil scientist. He's going to come up with <laughs> some sort of pressure that Ricky hasn't seen before. But at the same time, um, I don't know how you're going to beat Ray or Glenn mm-hmm. mentally. You know, they've, they've seen all of this stuff before. Yeah. You know, you can only reinvent the wheel so many times. Sure. So the more pressure that is brought, if a team is going to bring eight guys or nine guys, yeah. um, that's going to play into the hands of the quarterback, is it not? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think... Both ways. It, yes, both ways, I think it would. Um, you know, it all depends on what they do on the backside. If they if they bring eight guys or seven guys, um, then what, what are they doing defensively yes. on the other side to, you know, uh, they're going to stand at 10, are they going to stand at 7 and force that quick pass? Are they going to try to jump it? Are they studying the quarterback enough that they know which direction he's going to go? And, I mean, yeah, let's face it, both sides of the ball... Jones knows Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray knows Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Chamberlain knows Kevin Glenn. They have a history that goes <laughs> back to 2000. Yeah. Kevin Glenn knows Chamberlain, yeah. right? So there's, there's, a, I mean, and this makes the chess match, I think, even more interesting when you mm-hmm. factor that in. There is a bit of a wild card there in uh, Brandon Bridge, right? If he gets uh, on the field. If he gets on the football field. Now, last week, uh, Glenn had an excellent game. Um, they had good balance with, uh, with their rushing game. They had 250 yards passing and another 200 and change rushing. Mm-hmm. I think Thigpen, if we're, you know, when we do switch over to the other side of the ball, but that's another threat between Thigpen and LaFrance. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we saw the breakaway speed that he brought to the game. But um, I, I, there's a lot of different moving parts to consider. It is a chess match, but I think you throw Bridge in there. If he gets into the game, um, he is the one factor that we, the Argos don't know a lot about because there's not a lot of film yeah. on him yet. Uh, we've kind of veered off into different directions, which is fine. I, I don't mind that. But we, one of the guys that we haven't talked about yet might be the most important guy on the field uh, as a non-quarterback yes. in this game. And he wears 32 and he plays for the Toronto Argonauts. Um, likewise, Thigpen yeah. with uh, with uh, Saskatchewan. Sure. Going into the wind, it's imperative that you can move the football, uh, whether it be via short passes, whether it be on the ground. Yeah. As good as, as great as Thigpen was, a week ago is James Wilder Jr. not built for this kind of game oh absolutely you look at him and you think oh playoff football yeah. all the way right yeah. um, playoff football I, th- I feel it gets more physical as you get later in the year mm-hmm. uh, it gets colder each of those collisions or bumps get magnified by a hundred yeah. right and a guy but, like James Wilder and eh, the defense you know Saskatchewan is a very physical defense but they're going to be a little. You might get a guy that is thinks twice about getting in there full tilt. Maybe not Knox or Mwamba, but maybe on the defensive backside, a guy mm-hmm. that thinks twice. And if he thinks twice or hesitates, Wilder's the guy that's going to exploit that, and he's going to turn you know a five yard gain into a fifteen or twenty and yard gain. There are guys who played in the states on both sides of the football, and probably on both teams. And Saskatchewan's played in a couple of cold weather games already. Argos practiced in it all week. Uh, there are DBs who don't like the tackle. In the best of circumstances, oh, right? There are yes. guys who like to be ball hawks and kind of get there. Sure. If you have a problem with the cold mm-hmm. and you have a problem with your hands in the cold, you are not going to tackle James Wilder. No. You're just not. Like, you might be able to get away with that with a lighter guy. Mm-hmm. There's 230 pounds moving downhill. Um, of, of, of agility, too. An of agile 232 agile. pounds or yeah. 30 pounds that is going to either run you over 
make you miss, straight arm you, hurdle you. You just don't know what's happening or mm-hmm. what's coming. So um, they, that Saskatchewan defense has got to have play a very sound game in terms of gaps, secondary mm-hmm. gaps. You know, if he gets for, through that first level and Oof. you've got Knox coming at him, Knox has to be thinking, okay, where's Mwamba? Mm-hmm. Where is he coming from? Where is my support coming? Am I forcing him back inside mm-hmm. versus just going to take him head on? Because if sure. you take him head on and you miss him and he goes outside and Ganey's not there because he's hanging high covering somebody or maybe the receivers are blocking him. Or SJ's running a clearing route or whatever. Or, or blocking him as sure. he does very yeah. well in the perimeter. Yeah. Um, then that turns into a, you know, a big play. So there's this Saskatchewan defense, I think, is going to have to have have one of their best games mm-hmm. um uh, no question to keep uh, wilder under control i don't think you stop him but um you know they could they could potentially slow him down a little bit uh ricky ray aside because it's the easy position to pick uh who's the offensive mvp on sunday or who needs to be maybe that's a better question who needs to be uh wilder okay defensively yeah. who's got to be the guy that steps up uh do we have confirmation on personnel um, Marcus Ball's been practicing all week. Okay. He's certainly not going to be 100%, but he's expected to go. Yeah. If that's where you were going with that question. I am. I am. Marcus Ball. Really? Yeah. Even though he's going to be less than 100%, he's still going to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to do uh, vocally. It might not be all the plays and everything else, but his impact that he'll have on the field, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint. And special teams, is it, is it more incumbent upon a cover guy, a kicker, or a returner? Who's going to be the guy that stands out? I think it's on a cover guy, mm-hmm. and I think it's a, because that's an effort guy, right? Yeah. It's a cover guy and also a guy blocking, so a guy like a Tuggle or a Levi Noel. Okay, yeah. very good. Uh, now it's time for the prediction, the easy one. This is the easiest question I'm asking you all day. Yes. Who's going to win the game and by how much? It's going to be a nail-biter. Mm-hmm. It's going back and forth. It's going to be toe-to-toe. On. So the one-and-a-half point spread is accurate. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Getting geeked up. I'm thinking back to that game in Saskatchewan a few years ago. Remember that one that went down into overtime? And oh, that the, craziness. Yeah, double overtime. <laughs> where Coombs makes the catch, the diving catch. Right on the somehow, goal line. Somehow keeps his body somehow, off the ground. Go-go like, gadget Coombs. Yeah, right? <laughs> Awesome. Awesome game. So I'm looking for a nail-biter. I think it's going to be in the 20s, um, but I think there is going to be some elements there. I think both sides are going to have uh, lots of rushing yards, Mm -hmm. and uh, Argos will come out on top. I uh, I will never forget leaving the stadium that day. Uh, Mosaic Stadium, rest in peace, the old one. Yes. and we had just left the gate, and we were, I can't remember if we were on the bus or we were looking for a cab or how we were getting back to the hotel. And just, we were talking, and we couldn't stop talking about, that might be the best regular season game I've ever seen. And we were just, we were like kids in a candy store who had just seen this great movie. And just thought, that was so cool. And all we wanted to do was talk about the game for another. If we did a post-game show, it could have gone 15 hours, and we still would have been pumped oh up. Goodness. If we can get anything close to that, yes, sir. Um, that would be outstanding. Again, it's a one o'clock kickoff. Uh, as we record this, there are tickets available. Um, although they're they're hopefully going to push sell. I, I hope they were over twenty k. What two days ago? On uh, Wednesday, they were over twenty k. So beautiful. Yeah, and so that's that's good news. And uh, so it's a one o'clock kickoff, and the tailgate at nine o'clock. Again, uh, they did get a special dispensation for uh, for licenses, so they're going to be able to sell beer, coolers, and Caesars. Beautiful. Breakfast Caesars are the best, are they not? I mean, seriously. That's just Komodo juice, right? Komodo juice. Yes. Yeah, it's Komodo juice. With a little help. Okay. Right. (laughs) But I mean, that's, I mean, how many times have you been at a cottage or, you know, after the night before or whatever? 
Caesar's getting her done. That's if you're gonna go, why not go that way? Um, so again, nine o'clock, the tailgate's uh, good to go. Sunday, one o'clock at BMO Field, and if you can't get to the game, it's on TSN. It's on TSN ten fifty. Um, Jacob is uh, very happy. He's uh, he's got the uh, earpieces on, and he's 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 been pumped up for this all week. Our producer, thumbs up, thumbs up. Okay. Nice. We'll do this next week again. How's that? Yeah, in. Okay. Let's do uh, it. So it's the Argos in Saskatchewan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition, episode 20, playoff edition of the Double Blue Podcast.